What community sounds like? Stay open. Hey guys, this is Chris from Tap the Craft. I want to tell you about a new partner that we have for the show, B Cups. B Cups is the world's first line of style-specific beer cups for people on the go. Whether by the beach, pool, hiking, or on the boat, B Cups are great for any place you can't use glassware. They're dishwasher safe, lightweight, BPA-free, recyclable, and so clear that they often get mistaken for glass. They come as four packs on Amazon.com, but two packs and variety packs are available on their website at bcups.net. That's B-C-U-P-S dot net. Go check it out. craft beer friends and welcome to another episode of tap the craft podcast i am denny loose coming to you from boise idaho and my partner in craft from the great state of tampa florida i mean the great city of tampa florida <laughs> is my buddy the wells bro chris mckenzie how you doing chris oh uh, denny i'm doing good i'm a little tired today uh, like we were just talking about but uh, other than that i'm doing really good and uh, i happen to be drinking a really great beer from uh, your neck of the woods. Oh, uh, actually a little further than your neck of the woods, but you used to live there. So, uh, but I'm drinking something from Fort George brewery today. And oh, it was yeah. funny. I, I was reading the can right on top of it. It says, um, Fort George distributed only in the Pacific Northwest. Mm. Yet I get their cans a lot. Um, but it's from Tavor, so it's probably why. Yeah. Uh, it's, and it's their Waves of Silence. They're uh, 9% Imperial Stout called Waves of Silence. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've had that one. Have I? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I've had, I've had so much Fort George because, man, Fort George is a awesome brewery that I love. I mean, almost everything they do is turns out like gold. So and that's why you keep buying it because you keep getting good ones, right? Yeah, and I, I think this is probably the third or fourth beer that I've had from them, and so far they've they've been pretty solid. This one's um, really chocolatey, and uh, it's like really really dark chocolate. So you know that it's not as sweet as like regular chocolate, but there's some good roast in there. Yeah, and, yeah, and the um, and the dark chocolate flavor comes out really nice. Yeah, that that's that's the way I like it. I like it that way, right? That it's I don't. I mean, I can handle some of the, the ones that have a sweeter chocolate flavor, but it's not my favorite. I like the ones that just have that like dark, dark chocolate with, you know, that little roastiness comes through too. So it, it doesn't make it, you know, makes it nice and, and dark mm -hmm. and roasty. And oh, yeah. Yeah. Now I need one. I need one. I, I've got one left and I'm sorry. I'm not sending it to you. Okay. Darn it. Nah. We nope. can talk about sending you some other stuff, but not this one. No, it's okay because I can get this here locally. I, I'm yeah, pretty yeah, sure. Because I, 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 think, I think I've had this one and, and I'll probably have it again. In fact, right now they're releasing the Fort George annual three-way IPA collaboration, a collaboration they do with themselves and two other breweries that are, you know, stellar breweries in the, usually in the Northwest, in the, in the California, Oregon, Washington, um, area. And I tell, they're all usually really, really good. So I'm looking forward to trying this year's, but it's being released like right now. Mm. And I'm getting ready to leave, uh, and go to Ireland. And I'm afraid that when I come back, 
if I don't get this can or you know a couple cans before I leave, I'm gonna miss out on it. Are you telling me that you get FOMO too? I do. I wow. get I get FOMO when it comes to beers that are really good <laughs> because I know it's good and I just don't want to you know and I, I have an opportunity to get it and it's not hard to get once you you know you're in the area but they tend to sell out fast but you know you don't have to worry about as long as you try to get it within the first like couple weeks it's out you can usually get it without a problem it's not like they're all selling out in the first uh, moment they get into town but it they don't last that long right and I'm afraid it, after ten days of being gone. Uh, it, they might be out by then. That that would so, be sad. Yeah, I mean, you need to really start prioritizing your time and figuring out. Hey, look, do you want to go on your on your was it 30? 30, 30 year anniversary? Yeah, yeah. yeah. your thirty year anniversary to Ireland, Ireland, Jesus, <laughs> uh, Ireland, or get a get a beer here. Yeah, yeah. I think I might have to send Sarah on her way by herself. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, get her, yeah, get her out there a couple of days ahead of time. She can relax on her own. I'm sure that'll be completely fine. She, she, she probably won't even bat an eye and go, absolutely, yeah, Denny. Yeah, she won't mind. She'll just go, uh-huh. you know, she'll be single for a couple of days. She'll be, right. you know, checking out all those Irish babes mm-hmm. in the, uh, in, in the uh, very sunny, uh, luxurious uh, aisles, green aisles. Mm-hmm. See, so, yeah, I I don't see how this could I don't see what could go wrong. No, no, it sounds sounds good. It sounds good. Well, um, I'm also drinking something kind of like what you're drinking, but not quite like what you're drinking. Uh, I am drinking a a chocolate beer, and this one is the is kind of uh, the chocolate in it. I haven't told you what it is yet. It's a cute secret, but uh, mm-hmm. this chocolate is kind of more on that sweeter chocolate side that I don't necessarily um, crave, right? I crave that dark, that bittersweet chocolate, that dark chocolate uh, a little bit more. But hey, this is still a good beer. And what I'm drinking is the Worthy Brewing Peace Pipe Porter. And it's a cocoa porter. And it is made with uh, with added cocoa nibs. So there is actually cocoa nibs in here that is giving it that extra chocolatey character. And this one, um, what I... What I like about it is it's not it's not like drinking a chocolate stout because I don't want to drink a chocolate stout when I'm drinking a, a, a porter, right? Um, but what it is missing, it's and it has a very nice, big, uh, milky chocolate uh, character in it. I mean, like really, like you're like you're like you're literally drinking uh, you're 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 drinking a beer that might have had a little bit of uh, melted Hershey's. Uh, milk chocolate in it, right? It's like that type of chocolate. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it's missing is that that it it doesn't have a little bit of that roastiness. It doesn't have to be super roasty, but just that little bit of roastiness that tells me that this is not a chocolate beer, but a a chocolate porter. It's actually a porter, and I want some of that base porter to come out a little bit more somewhere in the beer, whether it's up front or in the back. I I need to have a little bit more of that oomph that says this is a porter. Um, other than that, I think I gave this a pretty decent score. Like, I don't remember what it gave it, like a 3.75, I think, or three and a half, something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, it's good. I, I got a, I got a, uh, half, I got six 22 ounce bottles of this for free. Whoa. Yeah. So I can't complain, right? I'm, I'm complaining, but not really complaining. I'm just being, I'm just explaining, uh, what the, what the beer is like. But I'm, I am drinking a 22 ounce bottle. So now I'm, I'm kind of doing what you're doing, right? Drinking those big bottles. And um, I am enjoying it. 
And I just want to say that it is a good beer, and Worthy Brewing does make some uh, some great beers. They're out of Bend, Oregon. So if you go through Bend, uh, you can stop and, and try Worthy, but there's a lot of good breweries in Bend, so uh, don't drink too much in any one place because you're going to miss out on some of the other great beers there. But, but yeah, that's what I'm drinking. So we're both drinking chocolatey beers. Both from Oregon, too. And both both from Oregon. Wow, we didn't even we didn't even plan this. It's like it's like we I, did, but we didn't. I I planned it. Oh, oh, you yeah, saw what I was I forgot, drinking. I forgot to tell you. Yeah. Oh. Well, okay, I didn't, but you know, let's have some fun with it. Yeah, yeah. All right, I just took another sip because uh, nah, I needed to wet my my palate so I can keep talking. But hey, guess what? Uh, let's get on with the show. But before we do that, uh, we need to tell all of our new listeners what Tap to Craft is all about. What you can expect. When you listen to one of our episodes, so Tap to Craft is an educational podcast, and we like to focus around celebrating all things craft beer. We want to help all of our listeners along in their craft beer journeys. We want you to feel comfortable going out there and trying out craft beers, and and learn from us about the different styles and the different tastes and everything uh, to help you along and help you go and make these choices either at your local pub or brewery or at the store when you're deciding to, on what kind of six pack to, you know, to pick up. So we hope that you can learn from us and you're listening to episode 129. And guess what? Um, we're recording this a little bit early. As Chris just mentioned, I'm on my way uh, to uh, Ireland. Um, after the show before this one airs, uh, I'll be leaving on June 22nd. So we needed to record a couple shows early so we're recording a show on Monday, June 17th, but this show won't be released until July 4th. So we got some time in between. So there'll be uh, another show release and then this one. But hey, I want to say happy 4th of July to all of our listeners out there in the States who are celebrating our Independence Day. Uh, cheers to Independence Day. I just want to say that. And um, in this episode, you're going to learn a few things but mainly about some of uh, the struggles that are going on in in uh, in breweries and craft beer brewing, uh, especially in their production. Uh, how they're having some breweries are, are having struggles and some are having successes. And we have three different articles that we're going to discuss uh, that I think are going to be very interesting because we all know that that the craft beer industry is like just skyrocketing, right? Exponentially, you know, now we're gaining like a thousand new breweries a year, but we're all worried about how is this affecting the, you know, craft beer industry in a whole. And I think it is affecting it a little bit. And I think we're going to see that in the first article we're going to talk about. And then we got another article that's kind of more of a feel good article because, Hey, here's a brewery that's doing things right. So let's talk about that. And a third article about another brewery that that may have started out uh, as an underdog, but in the last four years or so, four or five years, they have really become a, a real powerhouse and are doing some great things in their local community, craft beer community especially. And I just want to highlight some of these awesome things going on. So look forward to those articles here very quickly. And of course, you know you can count on some great conversation that Chris and I are going to give, like we've already, you know, chatted away about. I can just, I can get sidetracked very easily and talk about all kinds of cool things, craft beer wise. So let's get started in some of that conversation. And Chris, are you ready to discuss 
some of the beers that our listeners are drinking according to Untapped? I am ready. Let's see here. So we're going to start from 20 hours ago mm. with our friend Tom Byrne. He's drinking a couple of beers that I wouldn't mind trying whatsoever. So first one he was drinking called, did we just become best friends? Oh, I think by, so. <laughs> by by Hearted Brewing out of Ohio. Oh, yeah. Which is uh, uh, hopped with Galaxy and Eldorado hops. And he writes, besides a little hop burn, this is fantastic. <laughs> Happy Father's Day to all you dads. He gives that one four and a quarter caps. I, I, I got to say something. It's, it's, you know, it's interesting he mentions the hop burn. That was the same uh, kind of experience I had with my hoof-hearted beers too is that it does have a little bit more of that like that hop burniness in the and I don't know what it is it's from the way that they're putting the hops in there right it's it's causing some uh, extra go, something going on that gives you kind of a like a I guess it's a citric acid burn maybe or not citric acid some kind of a a burn coming from the hops I don't. I don't know the science behind it. I wish John was here. He could explain exactly what the science was. Do you know the science behind it, Chris? I don't. I was okay. just thinking the same thing. If, if John was here, John, we need yeah. to know. Yeah. So, John, hey, write in or better yet, leave a voicemail with the answer to why some of these uh, big, hazy, juicy IPAs can give us that hot burn during the process because I know you know what, what the answer is. All right, so moving on, we've got Tom again drinking a Dark Star November from 2018 by Bottle Logic Brewing. And he writes in this one, figured I would pop one of my favorites for Father's Day. Love this beer. Gave it 4.75 caps. And anything I've ever had from Bottle Logic has been pretty damn good because this looks like a barrel-aged Imperial Rye Stout, Denny. Yeah, I know. I saw that. I, I like that. I, I toasted that oh, one. Oh, yes, you did. Yeah, because, I mean, Tom Byrne, man, gosh, I just wish that we lived, like, right next to each other so he could just have me over and try all these beers <laughs> all the time because he has so many good beers. He can't yeah. – I know he needs some help drinking them. He can't just suffer all by himself to drink these. But he does live in Star, which is a little bit of a drive away, so I understand why we can't just get together on a whim and drink some beer together. But one of these days, Tom, we're going to get together besides at a festival or, you know, we did, we did meet up at, at Bitter Creek, uh, Ale House once, but we need to do that again. Let's meet up again and have some beers. Okay. Do you get bottle logic stuff where you guys are? We do not. He must have traded for it. Mm-hmm. All right. I wish we did. So the next few that we have came in from the gnarly gnome and, uh, he has checked into a few things that he just wrote in his notes from the brewcast catching up. Um, and it looks like that they were at Burkus Brewing Company, and he drank anything from the Cerveza 1862, uh, the Tent of Bees, <laughs> which <laughs> that just makes me cringe thinking about it. It's a Tent of Bees. Yes. So, yeah. Um, to the Wonder Bar together, uh, a Regulator, and it goes. The list goes on and on. He had a few other that that are in there as well. Uh, moving on to this next one, and the username is Robbie, and Robbie is drinking a fresh catch by Narragansett Brewing Company, and he just writes, I'll save the remainder of the six-pack to use for boiling shrimp. It's a basic blonde ale with a harsh, <laughs> bitter finish. Wow. Two caps. Um, yeah, a bitter finish on a blonde ale? That's a little, that's that's hey, not good. They can't all be winners, so yeah. two caps on that one. Robbie, I hope, I hope it makes... Uh, your shrimp tastes better than it was drinking it out of the, out of the uh, can or the glass. 
Uh, Jay Walker drinking a pale ale by Sierra Nevada. Classic. He writes, very nice. I would definitely drink again. Four and a half caps for Jay. Um, my friend Art Warcheck is drinking a handful of things uh, at work today. Yeah, he's uh, he gets to drink at work because he's the beer buyer for the, the local supermarket there uh, where they have the uh, 18 taps and the sweet beer bar. Uh, anything from looped and IPA from Alesmith Brewing Company. Uh, another another Alesmith beer. Uh, Citra Rattler by Oddside Ale. Oddside Ales. Uh, some Rheingeist stuff. Looks like he's getting a couple of good ones there. He and he damn well better because he's the one that buys all that stuff. So Art, I hope you're buying some good stuff out there still, man. Because that's that's where I, that's literally that supermarket where he works is where I started my untapped account. Oh, okay. And uh, if you ever look at my if you ever look at my profile, that is the place that I checked in the absolute most. <laughs> I, I, I I remember I remember when when you were checking in there. Um, that, that place was awesome. I don't know if it's changed since then, but I mean, you go spend five bucks, you get a flight of four beers. There are five, I think, either four or five ounce pours. Wow, that's a steal. And, five bucks. and yeah. it didn't matter what was on. They didn't charge you based on like, you know, the uh, maybe the rarity of the beer or yeah, the hype or of the, the beer. Yeah, the size of how much alcohol was in there or anything. Yeah. No, he, he told me outright. He said, you know, we, we basically just... Um, we add our markup onto our stuff and that's it. We don't, we don't adjust it and go, Oh, this is a really rare, yeah. you know, um, six keg of this beer. We, we could squeeze out a few extra bucks per pour on it. Nope. They just add their, add their markup and off they go. So that's uh that's an awesome place to go right there in Cuyahoga falls. So if you guys ever get the chance to go to Cuyahoga falls or the Akron Cleveland area, Go see my friend Art. He'll take good care of you. Um, Amanda Argauer drinking Union Jack IPA by Firestone Walker Brewing Company. It's a good one. It's a good one. Uh, she writes Tasty IPA. Only chose because I can now. <laughs> I only okay. chose it because I can now. Yeah. Okay, three three point seven five caps on that one. So I, I assume that uh, the Pittsburgh area is receiving Firestone Walker stuff. That means it's only a matter of time before it makes it down our way to uh kevin kevin argauer drinking mind haze by firestone mm. walker Com mm -hmm. brewing company um and he gave that one 4.75 caps no notes on it though that's awesome also, i think that's yeah. the same rating i gave it or i mean no i gave it five because of the price point okay yeah i had to, oh, I had yeah, to bump yeah. it up i had to bump it up because hey for a buck 79 a can it's the best hazy you're gonna get for that price it's really yeah cool. <laughs> I figured it was just because you had your uh, BJCP guidelines out. It just it's set up right next to the to the yeah, style guidelines. It was perfect. It matched everything perfect. <laughs> and it matched your wallet too, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he also had the Easy Jack by Firestone Walker. So easy drinking session IPA gave out in four caps. Um, moving up to Chad Lamasa drinking a Pilsner Urkel uh, that he purchased over at Total Wine and More in Towson, Maryland. Gave that one four caps. Um, let's see. Tara Carlson drinking a Grove City Hef mm. by RAR Brewing, R-A-R, at the Utah Forest. Not my favorite style, but I keep trying. Yeah. Good for you, Tara. Yeah, keep on trying. That's my favorite saying to tell people about That's beer. Right. I said it on Saturday. If you try a style <laughs> that you don't like, you just haven't tried the right one. That's right. It was funny because we were sitting down at dinner at a brewery, Tampa Bay Brewing Company, mm -hmm. and the 
the waiter walked over to the table next to us and goes, um, so what can I get you guys to drink? And the guy goes, let me get one of those uh, the, the sample things. And the waiter goes, a flight? And he goes, yeah, yeah. And the waiter goes, okay, well, what would you like? Uh, and the guy says, well, I... I don't. I don't know. I'm not really a beer guy. I don't really like the IPAs, and I don't really like this and that. Um, just give me, give me, you know, um, your four top best selling beers. They're all IPAs. <laughs> and I had a, <laughs> and I kind of flinched a little bit, and I said, "Well, I could probably." The you know the waiter goes, "Absolutely, we'll get it taken care of." And he walks away, and I said to him, "I said, why don't you like IPAs?" And he goes, "I just never really got behind it." And I told him, I said. You just need to try the right one. Yeah. He goes, what do you mean? I was like, come on, man. They, they make thousands and thousands of brand new beers every year. I said, it's one of my favorite things to tell people is that if you haven't, if you don't like a certain beer style, you just haven't tried the right one yet. That's right. All right. Moving on up. Um, <laughs> we got, we got some more to go through here. Mark Connor is drinking a slow ambic by Firestone Walker Brewing. Everybody's getting Firestone Walker except me. Uh, he says tart berries, oak, and acidic. Gave that one four point two five caps. Sounds like a pretty tasty beer. Uh, our friend Allison is drinking the Albatross by Rheingeist Brewing, and Allison always went to the uh, Market District Supermarket where where Art works. So um, we met her and her husband Geo there for beers a lot. Mm. And then Robbie again is drinking a Dark Hollow by Brew, uh, Blue Mountain Brewery. And he said, I had a bottle in my fridge for around six months and just cracked it. Excellent. Mm. 4.25 caps. Um, Allison drinking Bodie. Mm, I love some Bodie from Columbus Brewing Company uh, at market at the, uh, at the grocery store. It's the best time to go drink, uh, go shopping is when you have a beer in the cup holder in your shopping cart. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way to shop. Yeah. Anytime, ever, anytime Megan ever got off of work and I wasn't home, she'd call me and say, where are you? I'd say, I'm grocery shopping. <laughs> mm-hmm. She writes that one 3.75 caps. Uh, Cody A is drinking an Oro Negro by Jackie O's Brewing. That's a tasty, tasty beer. Gave that one four and a half caps. And David Makazuki is drinking a 12th of Never Ale by Lagunitas Brewing Company. It's a big boy can. Tasty ale. <laughs> 3.5 caps on that one. Um, and Craft Beer Joe drinking A Virtual Paradise by, who do you think? 450 North? 450 North. Oh, yeah. That's all he drinks. Uh, I swear, it's all he drinks now is 450 North beers. I don't I don't know. He must have like an inside guy that just supplies him with cases of this stuff. I, I don't care. It's, it's, it, it, they make good <laughs> stuff. If he found his loophole, good for him. But then again, the loophole could just be he goes and gets in line for it all the time. Ah, okay. I mean, could be. who does that? But you know, yeah, he's. You know, <laughs> he probably works somewhere near the where he's getting it from, and he just Maybe. goes in like you and buys a four pack or or three four packs every day. Could be. And he writes uh, appearance is very murky, tastes great, lots of general tropical notes with a tanginess. Four point two five caps. Um, let's see. Allison again is drinking the Krombacher Brow Tradition. Uh, by Natrubis Keller Beer. Yeah, man, there's a lot of German words in this yeah. one. Either way, she gave that one um, gave that one just three caps. And then our buddy Jameson. Oh, he's uh, yeah, drinking Huma Lupalicious by Shorts Brewing Company. 
at the Pavona's Pizza Joint. And he just writes, it's a bit too malty for me on a personal note. However, <laughs> balanced flavor gave that one 2.75 caps. <laughs> so wow. Just over average on that one. I don't know. Jameson's a little tough on his rating. He is tough. He is tough. He's, he's you know, he's uh, he ra- he rates beers just about a little a little more than your daughter does. Yeah. I, well, she started back again. Uh, I know. Because, I gave her crap uh, about it. Yeah. You. Uh, <laughs> You guilted her into it. Now she's Good. back on untapped. She she How? she she did a what's my password uh, email thing and signed <laughs> back in. Yeah, yeah. How how can you be the daughter of a craft beer podcast person and not be checking in onto untapped? I know, I know. I told her. I said, if anything, it just keeps track of the beers you know you like and don't like. So when you you question it, you know whether or not you you know what you like. So it just uses a beer tracking thing that's all you gotta do you don't you know you don't have to do anything else and so she's like yeah dad okay and then all of a sudden she started i could she didn't even tell me all of a sudden we're out uh and she and i just all of a sudden get an update that she's uh checked in oh you just checked into a beer <laughs> so, yeah. cool yeah, yeah and she made sure she made sure to, to message me on facebook and go hey you need to check untapped right now <laughs> <laughs> so uh but that is the list of what everybody's drinking uh in the last well, less than 24 hours. Yeah, wow. that's All it. All right. Yeah. And, and uh, a lot of those were uh, Father's Day beers from the guys that are fathers out there. So mm-hmm. I, I'm glad they had a good, good time. So, well, let me go. Since you just got done talking, let me let you have a few sips of beer. All right. I just want to mention one of the activities I did this last weekend. And it's uh, it was a uh, – so by the time you hear the last show – I would have just just have turned fifty, so yeah, I'm officially over the hill, I guess. It's, that's I, I guess. guess I guess. Uh, so in celebration of that, uh, the weekend before I turned fifty, my buddy Sean and I threw ourselves a a party to celebrate. He's also turning fifty, just four days before I turn fifty. So we often get together and celebrate birthdays together because we just like to hang out and have fun. And he said, hey. Let's do an 80s-themed party where we all dress up in 80s clothes. Uh, we, you know, and and we listen to 80s music and we just get together, drink beer, have you know, have have fun. And I said, yeah, let's do it. So we went in together and and had a party. And man, it was a a really really good time. And the, we had everyone. We you know we brought some beer. We had some beers uh, that were already ready to go when people showed up. But we asked everyone that. Hey, don't bring any gifts or anything. Just bring yourself and a six-pack or a growler of beer, and we're just going to go ahead and share beer around with everyone. And that's what happened. And, man, our cooler was full. Now, one caveat is that we should have had people bring stuff besides just IPAs because we had a cooler full of IPAs. And although I love IPAs, um, I just have a hard time, and it might be because now I'm 50, uh, that I just can't drink IPAs like for four hours straight uh, without feeling like I've got that hop gut, right? That is kind of like that rot gut. So, um, yeah, it was it was great. We had a variety of different IPAs. Um, I was I brought Firestone Walker. I mean, I hey, if I'm gonna bring some beer, I'm bringing. I brought Firestone Lop. Uh, Firestone Walker's Luponic Distortion Number Thirteen, um, and if anyone hasn't had uh, Firestone Walker Luponic Distortion of any of them, they're all great. I mean, these guys make some 
I mean, for one thing, Firestone Walker is a is a like a a gold medal brewery in my books. They they don't make a bad beer. And what's so cool is that even when their beer is even old, it still tastes good. And not you know you can still drink it even if by chance that store didn't get you know didn't uh, run through their their uh, cases and get rid of the stuff that was four months old or six months old. Guess what? If you happen to get one, I've had a couple where I've gotten unlucky. Uh, they still taste good, and that's that's really nice that you can get some really high quality beers. But man, I love their beer, and that Luponic Distortion Number Thirteen was a great a great uh, beer to bring in for everyone to try and. Uh, and we did have uh, we had a hefeweizen, so I had I had a glass of hef just to kind of like, I mean it wasn't like it was that much lighter than the IPA, but still it was a little bit different flavor profile. And then somebody finally brought about halfway through the party, somebody brought a growler of lager, so I I had a glass of lager in there just to kind of ease my gut a little bit. Uh, but hey, we had a great time. We played some cornhole, so we got our cornhole on, and we uh, you know we we uh, told stories and. And we all looked uh, goofy in our 80s outfits and just had a, a really fun time. So, yeah, that's what we did. Have you done any theme parties, Chris? Like, were you not not Halloween parties, but like theme parties outside of Halloween? Uh, yeah. So every year for uh, our dog training company, when we get together every year, there's a theme to our yearly get together. Hmm. So uh, this this past one that we just had was uh, because it was our 10 year anniversary. It was you know we. We literally had red red carpet rolled out in the uh, in the conference um, in like the ballroom that uh-huh. we were in. Um, so we were, it was a black tie event, and last year it was like um, like nineteen twenties. The oh, it was the the Great Gatsby theme. Oh, nice! So the Great Gatsby theme. The year before was um, I want to say it was superheroes. So, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I think that's when yeah. I, I, we went to, with you. Oh you dressed yeah, yeah. up as Superman, right? Or yeah, so Clark Megan Kent, was you were Clark Kent with the the button shirt, which was awesome, yeah. by the way. Yeah, and I had I had a Superman T-shirt on underneath my white button-down shirt, <laughs> and I think the year before that was like Mardi Gras theme. Oh, sweet! Yeah, so, you, yeah. you enjoy those kind of parties? Uh, I do, I, and it's funny because it, I'm I'm not the kind of guy. It's like, hey, let's go all like let's go all out for it, and you know, get crazy with it. Uh, you know, like we'll go to the, we normally do like a, a dog um, presentation at the Renaissance Festival for their, like their pets weekend. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it amazes me how people can just, just go all out in like Renaissance festivals or things like that. And, uh, you know, I, I go as far as like, I'll put a, uh, like it's a, it's called Pets and Pirates Weekend. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll put, yeah. I'll put a pirate bandana on. <laughs> and then, and well, then I'll go. No, wait a minute. I could swear I saw a picture of you and Megan at one of these Renaissance fairs where you guys were dressed up like mm-hmm. in, in like real outfits. Yeah, I was given like a like a white ruffled shirt. Uh, okay. I think two years ago, and I was told, "Yeah, you you need to put this on along with your bandana." <laughs> okay. So you know, I, I just most in most cases I just do what I'm told. Yeah. And okay. uh, <laughs> I bet you look good in that ruffled shirt. You're damn right I did. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. That's sweet. All right, Chris, how about you? Did you do anything fun uh, beer related? I did. So not only did we have our 15-year anniversary, hmm. uh, but we had our 15-year anniversary. We went to a brand new brewery that we had never been to. Oh, good. 
So we went down and checked out a friend's brewery called Corporate Ladder Brewing uh, in Palmetto, Florida, which for us is, eh, I think it was like 35 minutes south of us. So almost to Sarasota and Bradenton. Um, But we finally got to make it down there to go see my buddy Blake's place. Uh, He's been open for just over a year. And uh, man, we were we were just excited to get down there and try some stuff. And normally there is a food truck there at the brewery. Uh, but this night that we got down there, this was the one night that week that they didn't have someone down there. So, um, so this area is, it's still very spread out, still very, very sparsely populated, but you're starting to see some, um, like, like bigger communities pop up. Uh, so we had to drive a couple of exits down the interstate and go find the combination subway dairy queen gas station. <laughs> uh, so we could go get something to eat because everything was either closed. Um, his brewery closed at 10 o'clock that night. And I think we got there at about eight 30. Oh, um, everything nearby was closed there. It, there's literally, um, a, a restaurant next door, but they weren't open. Hmm. So we, uh, we hopped back in the car, ran down the subway, grabbed a couple of subs and then came back and then got back in and, and just started looking at the list and, and met the bartender, Adam, uh, Adam turns out to be Blake, Blake's brother-in-law. And oh. we got to talking about how I knew him and how, you know, how, you know, some of the stuff that they've been experiencing, uh, just being in the brewery and how awesome it is. And, the, uh, Blake, Blake's been putting out some amazing beers. So, I'm really cool to see. It's really cool to see how um, he started off at Zephyr Hills Brewing Company, mm-hmm. where nearby where we used to live. And he, it, it amazes me how far he drove to go work at Zephyr Hills. Oh, so so from from me to Zephyr Hills is probably on a good day, probably thirty five to forty minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's north. Zephyr Hills is north of me on I seventy five. South on I-75 is Palmetto and Palmetto was about 30, 35 minutes south. So you got to figure he was driving an hour at least north just to go brew and, and kind of hone his craft so he mm-hmm. could open up his place too. So wow, that's dedication. Um, it really is. And it, it blew my mind every time I saw them there, I saw him there. I was like, man, you, you really drive all that way just to uh, come, come up here and work. But um, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Uh, but all of that has paid off for them, for them, uh, their beers were amazing. I think we tried seven of them. Um, there was, I think one or two that me personally, I just wasn't too big of a fan of, but they were good in their own right. They weren't just, I wasn't just like, okay, you get a half cap on this one. (laughs) There was just, it just wasn't a style that I liked or just a taste in it that I didn't like, but the beer itself, um, was really good. Uh, back when I first started my untapped account, my buddy art, um, he, he told me a lot when we were trying to trying to get used to different beers, like, you know, the Belgians that I didn't like in the very beginning. Um, he'd be like, try to separate the flavors, try to focus on what you're tasting in this beer and what you might be tasting in this beer. So you can kind of maybe kind of understand why the beer tastes good to other people. Mm -hmm. And, I had to go back to doing that in a couple of the beers and it was like, Oh, okay. I'm separating out this flavor in, in, in kind of on my palate and in my brain and everything and looking at it, it kind of worked out really well. So, um, just put out some awesome stuff. Um, and it's 
all of my beers from for our new and noteworthy section are from his brewery this oh. this week. Well, you know what? Why don't you just go and talk about those then while we're I'm, while you're talking about the brewery, yeah. talk about the beers. Cool. So we are going to talk about, I'm going to kind of go backwards because the first one I really want to, the, the one I have listed first, I want to talk about last okay. because it was so good. So the first one I had was called Beat You to the Punch. And it was a fruit punch flavored Berliner. Oh. And uh, I don't know if you saw the picture that I posted up. I, yeah, I put it on the Tap to Craft Facebook page. It was um, it was like fruit punch colored, like fruit punch Kool-Aid colored. Mm. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was really good, man. It was just that uh that normal and i guess that's the best way to put it that normal fruit punch flavor like hawaiian punch just <laughs> super fruity um it was a little more carbonated than i expected but it was really good and refreshing uh so i was really excited about that one i i like the flavor of fruit punch stuff mm-hmm. so this one this one worked out really good gave that one 4.25 caps on that one nice um the tropical incentive trip now the tropical incentive trip, I believe, was a milkshake IPA. Oh, and uh, the style of IPAs isn't uh, really something that Megan likes, but Megan really liked this beer. Okay. Um, where'd it go? <laughs> Come on, internet, you can do it for me. Yeah. Um. Yep. Um, it's their first milkshake IPA. It says it's treated with an immense amount of mango, passion fruit, pink guava, and vanilla. Um, and it it just worked out so good. It was it was really the fruit flavors in there were really good. And then you get some of the hop character and the vanilla shows up and yeah, it was just it was just good, tasty stuff. Nice. Um, I lied. I gave that one four and a half. Yeah, I have yeah. four and a half caps on that one. Yeah. Um and then the last one I want to talk about, which I was actually texting him about today, was called Dessert Station Cherry Pie. <laughs> now, I believe this was a Berliner as well. Oh. But this one, um, I think there was a ton of cherries in it um, that made it very much taste like biting into a piece of cherry pie. Wow. Um, yeah, so it was a uh, cherry pie Berliner Weiss with Montmorency cherries, vanilla beans, and cinnamon. And you get the tart cherry with like the tart and sweet cherry. Uh, then you get some cinnamon in there, and then it's almost like a crust flavor in there with like the vanilla and the cinnamon mixing together. And fortunately, we bought a four pack of it while we were there because the very next day their Instagram posted that they had sold out of the canned um, the canned versions of their uh, dessert station. Mm. And uh, I texted them today. I said, Megan, I, I was joking, but in all seriousness, I was like, Megan, Megan wants you to brew that again because <laughs> we, we need to come get more of it. And he goes, it's in the works along with a couple of other ones. I'm not going to say which ones. I don't know if I'm allowed to, but um, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was so good. It, it was, it was a big, big blast of just tart cherry, and then it, it turned sweet, and it worked out just so well. Uh, I gave that one four and a half caps as well. Wow, nice, nice. Those, those yeah. look good. All right, I'm done talking for now, Denny. Okay. I want to know about some of the beers that you had this past week. Okay, well, it's only been a week, so again, I only have two to share because uh, I didn't drink as many new ones uh, as I uh, would have like to my my bad 
I, I not that I don't have them. I have them. I just, you know, I, I'm drinking a bunch of uh, of IPAs that I've already had before, so it makes it kind of hard to 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 have new and noteworthy. But I did have two new ones in this last week that I thought were worth talking about. The first one is from Mad Swede Brewing. I you know I I go there quite a bit because it is the closest brewery to my house, and it's nice to go pick up some beer, and I do like their beer. Uh, especially their Scotch ale, their brown ale, their stout's really good. Uh, and uh, and now they have another one I really like, and it's their first lager. It's called Lolly Gagger Lager. And I'll hmm. tell you what, man, this lager was very, very drinkable, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, I mean, it has not too sweet, but it has a nice cereal malt character to it, nice lagering uh, finish to it. Um I really enjoyed it. I, I got a pint and I, I drank that sucker down pretty quick. Goes really well with a nice hot day because it was, you know, like, I don't know, 90 degrees or so. So it was nice and hot uh, and it, it felt really good. So I gave that one a four cap rating. I'm looking forward to drinking more of that. In fact, when I was there ordering it, like everyone was ordering that beer and it was going pretty fast. So I think uh, that's their first lager they've done. And I think they did a really good job on it. I'm hoping that they can, uh, you know, keep up keep up a lager on tap because it's nice to have a change, uh, you know, nice, a lighter uh, beer to drink. And when I have people coming in from Israel and Europe, uh, a lot of times they're, they're looking for a lager and they, when they don't have lager on tap, it makes it hard to recommend things that are close to that lager character. So, um, you know, most of the time I'll try to lean them towards the Blondale but the Blondale, you know, does have a little bit of bitterness to it, so I, I don't want them to get too, you know, too worded out. But I also lean them towards the Scotch Ale because it, it is a little heavier, uh, and a little bit sweeter than a lager, but that's kind of close, close to the the same character. It's not hoppy, but everything else they have is usually pretty hoppy. So that's the first one. The second beer I'm going to talk about is from Lost Grove Brewing, and I've been talking about Lost Grove quite a bit on the different uh, new and noteworthy beers I've had. And if you remember back a year and a half ago when this brewery opened, um, I went to their grand opening and it only opened with two beers. And neither of the two beers they opened with were all that spectacular. So I wasn't too high on this brewery. But I will tell you that I've had a number of their beers, including their Kolsch, their Brown Ale, and this beer I'm going to talk about right now, the Hef. Hef1WB. Uh, it's a Hefeweizen, and it's a German Hefeweizen. So it has that banana, that banana-y character in there, which is really, I mean, it's really good. And it's it's got a lot of that, that wheat softness and wheaty uh, character in there. And it's a hazy, and it's the original hazy, right? Uh, Hefeweizen was the original hazy, mm-hmm. hazy beer. And I really, really enjoyed this beer. I gave it a four and a quarter rating, and I look forward to to drinking more of it because it just, again, another beer that just hit the spot on a hot day. Uh, and, and yeah, so I just want to make sure I tell everyone that, yeah, I may have had a rocky start with Lost Grove Brewing here in Boise, Idaho, but, uh, you know, I, I have really been enjoying the stuff they've been putting out over the last year. That's it. That's all my beers. So let's get on with some, uh, just, we don't have any, because we're recording, be, you know, between shows, Without releasing a show, we've already talked about all the feedback from in our last episode, so we don't have any real feedback. But I just want to let everyone know that 
you have at the, at the time this show airs, which would be July 4th, you have one week basically to go out and leave us a iTunes review. If you have not left us an iTunes review before we record our last show for season five, yes, 130 episodes means we've completed a complete five year session of shows. And on the five year anniversary, we are giving away a set of B cups. So if you want a chance to win a set of B cups, the only way you're going to win is if you have left us an iTunes review, a written iTunes review on the iTunes app. I know it can be a bit troublesome for people that don't use Apple and don't listen to their podcast through Apple, but you know what? You can easily sign up for an iTunes account and go in there and just leave us a review and never use it again. I'm okay with that. Just leave us a view because there are a lot of people that do use iTunes and you don't know how much it helps the show get up there in the the noteworthy uh, sections. You know, we, you know, we hang around about you know about the top you know top twenty craft beer podcast uh, searches, but I want to be in the top ten so people don't have to go so far before they find us. That's the key, right? You don't want to have mm-hmm. to go th- go through a lot of not so good shows until you find us. Uh, you know that. So let's make it so it's easier for people to find us and not get discouraged and. So basically what we're saying is we're trying to give you things and save you time. Yeah. Yeah. We're here for you. So, so yeah, Hmm. go, go leave an iTunes review for sure. And if you would like to contact the show with comments, questions, or uh, feedback, you can do that easily through email. Just write us an email at tap the craft at gmail.com or on Twitter. Just, uh, you know, mention us on uh, at tap the craft and uh, we'll respond back and uh, we can put you on, your questions or comments on on the show and of course we have a facebook page at facebook.com tap the craft go to facebook follow us like us share us with your friends leave comments on the show notes or the things that chris posts on there uh, we love hearing interaction from our listeners so make sure you go visit us at facebook and don't forget we do have a voicemail number you can reach us at 208-536-3359 or 20853oddly and just go ahead and leave your comment question life story beer craft beer journey whatever you want uh, we love to hear it and we'll put you on the air so that all of our listeners can learn more about your craft beer journey too mm-hmm. and I also want to take this time to thank open forum radio network for supporting the show they provide the hosting space at openforumradio.com and if you enjoy the content that Chris and I are putting out then I know you'll find some other great content like the following thank you so much for listening to tap the craft with denny john and chris hey and if you want to check out more great podcasts check out the open form radio network over at openformradio.com we have such podcasts such as open form radio proper facetious geeks for the win gamer husbands radio the omg hour gaming vessels slash attainment and conspiracy otter hey thank you so much for checking out tap the craft today and please leave these fellas a review on itunes or wherever you listen to this great show hey thanks again for listening all right, now it's time for the Brew Buzz, and the Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing various beer-related topics, and this week we are going to discuss some of those news articles that I mentioned at the beginning of the show. And the first one we're going to talk about is called Many Top 50 Craft Breweries Struggling to Grow. This The Brewers Association data suggests. So this is coming to us from brewbound.com, and it was written by Justin Kendall, and it's going to be a lot of numbers 
uh, a lot of breweries and just how uh, they're, you know, how these breweries are doing in different segments of the craft beer industry. Because the craft beer industry, just like any other industry, has a lot of big hitters that have a lot of volume and they're pushing a lot of beer. And those might be doing good or bad. And then there's the mid-range ones. And those might be struggling in certain areas and doing well in others. And then there's the, all the small ones of all these new breweries that are opening up that, you know, aren't producing as much. And they might be doing well or bad too. So this article is a little bit lengthy, has a lot of numbers in it, but I think there's some interesting stuff in here about the health. That's what I was trying to think of the right word, the health of the craft beer industry, because there's always that fear that we're going to have, uh, you know, we're spiking up high and all of a sudden we're going to have a collapse, right? That this can't sustain this, this growth of, of, of new breweries opening, right? Because something's going to have to give. I mean, something's going to have to give and what is it going to be? Well, let's see if these numbers are, suggest what is going to give. So I'm going to start us off with uh, more than half of the top 50 Brewers Association defined craft brewing companies didn't grow in 2018, according to the data published in the May-June edition of the not-for-profit trade group New Brewer Magazine. It's the third consecutive year that at least half of the top 50 regional craft brewing companies those producing between 15,000 and 6 million barrels per year didn't grow. In 2018, 28 of the top 50 small and independent breweries either declined or remained flat. In fact, just seven companies in the top 20 posted mid to low single digit growth. Hmm. So, I mean, which it's not necessarily bad. I mean, any growth is better than negative growth for the most part, right? But it depends on what the brewery is looking to do, right? I mean, maybe, um, you know, breweries are going through an expansion and because of that expansion or new uh, new canning line or bottling line, maybe they had to close, to, you know, slow down production a little bit. I mean, there's reasons why things, you know, go up and down. But I, I think if you're growing, you know, at a decent, you know, I think a single digit is okay. It's, it's when you have uh, losses that in a double digits that you start to begin to worry because now what's going on? You know, is there a reason why these breweries are dipping or is it because they're losing some of those sales that they had at one point to something else? And that's where you start to, to worry. So let's get into a little bit more detail here. I, um, one last thing I got to say before I hand it over to Chris, beer volumes at three of the top five craft breweries, and this is Yingling, uh, they declined 2%. Uh, Boston Beer, which we we talked about a couple episodes ago, they declined seven percent, and New Belgian, the big one, they declined eleven percent. Wow, um, that's 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 a lot, right? And that surprises me because of any of those three, I th would have thought that New Belgium would have been doing maybe a little bit better, but obviously they're struggling in you know parts of their of their business, um, and I don't know. You know, I wonder where. I mean, maybe maybe we'll find out, but I don't think we're going to find out in this article. Maybe we got to stay tuned and see how they do in 2019. If they still, you know, have these declining numbers, that's a bad sign. So um, I hope not because I do drink quite a bit of New Belgian beer. I like New Belgian beers. Uh, so, I, you know, I usually drink quite a bit of them. So I don't want to mm -hmm. see them go away. So this is only the first surprise that I had. I didn't realize that... Uh, you know, I, I, I kind of had a feeling that Boston beer might be, you know, declining, um, but I didn't think New Belgium was declining. But now, Chris, 
hey, how about some bright spots on these uh, these these top breweries? Yeah, let's talk about some good numbers. And this this is going to be a lot of numbers. So if if you're not a numbers person and get a kind of a chub about the statistics, this might not be for you. But hey, keep listening anyway. <laughs> uh, so bucking the trend, however, was Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. After consecutive years of seven percent declines, wow. wow. The California and North Carolina-based craft brewery returned to growth in 2018, increasing their production 2% to nearly 1.1 million barrels. That's a lot of beer. Damn, that's a lot of beer. I mean, I mean they were they had declines for a couple of years, but now they're they're up 2%, not great numbers, but but you know what? They're putting out 1.1 million barrels. That is a ton of beer. So that's good. I mean, they could be declining a lot more, uh, you know, with just, uh, you know, a little bit of a, of a hit. They could uh, definitely decline a lot more. And keep in mind that they did. I wonder if some of those declines they had the year before or maybe was it last year or the year before where they had to recall some of their um, their product because it was uh, exploding or something. They had something that they had to decline. They had to withdraw a bunch of their products. I don't know if that was last year or the year before. But that might have called for some of the um, some of the issues they had with with losing. They had they had to buy back a bunch of beer. I yeah, I don't don't remember that one. Yeah, it oh, might yeah, have been they, two they, years ago. I think it might have been two they, years yeah. ago. They did issue a voluntary recall uh, for select twelve ounce bottles. Uh, well, they did. Let's just say that I'm not going to dig yeah. too far into yeah, it. Don't worry. Back to this article. <laughs> um, meanwhile, Firestone Walker's twelve percent uptick in nice. production accounted for all five percent of Dumal, uh, Duval Mort got USA's growth as volumes dipped at both Boulevard Brewing, which was down 10%, and Brewery Omegang, which was down 8%. Wow. Wow, that's uh, that's incredible, right? Uh, Boulevard, well-known uh, brewery, and, and Omegang, too. Brewery Omegang, you know, they, they have some good beers. Uh, but it's nice to see that Firestone Walker, 12%. I mean, and... Well, that was just, a, that was an uptick in their production. That wasn't a growth. They just upped their production twelve percent. Yeah, at least they, that's what the, at least that's what the article says. Yeah, it's their production, but that yeah, but that's I mean yeah, their production. They, so oh, so they must have just add more fermenters and an ability to pump out more beer, I guess. Yeah. So the way they're writing it, at least how I'm reading, it, is they're just brewing more beer. Yeah, they're brewing more beer. Yeah. But in brewing that beer, it counted for five percent of their oh of their total growth. Okay, mm-hmm. it's volumes. I see. Yeah. I see. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right, and then other top 20 craft brewing companies that grew volumes in 2018 included Bell's Brewery, which grew 3%. Canarchy, which is that uh, conglomerate including Cigar City, grew 3%. Stone Brewing grew 3%. Hey. Yeah. yeah, that's good to hear. Sweetwater grew 2%, and New Glarus also grew 2%. Wow. That's, 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 a, that's a brewery we don't... Um, hear much of yeah because they don't it. distribute anywhere <laughs> yeah i mean they get, they get it in wisconsin and that's, that's, that's it good. i, I that's think that's good. all they sell it in i don't i don't i honestly don't think they leave wisconsin i think they just they sell to wisconsin well, and man yeah, that's you know just that's like good. fort george only distributes to the pacific northwest <laughs> yeah, right that's true. that's true all right so notable top 20 craft breweries <laughs> that declined last year included shiner maker gambrinus which was down three percent Deschutes Brewery, which was down 8%. That saddens me. 
Yeah. Uh, Artisanal Brewing Ventures down 3%. Brooklyn Brewery down 4%. Minhas down 9%. Uh, I'm not sure who Minhas is. Do you know Minhas? No, no. All right. That might be why they're down 9%. (laughs) Um, Matt Brewing. Do you know Matt? I've heard I've heard of Matt Brewing. I haven't had Matt Brewing, no. Stevie's Who's Mr. Matt? Matt. Yeah, uh, so Matt Brewing is down 3%. Alaskan Brewing down 5%. And uh, Great Lakes Brewing down 3%. There's only two top 20 companies recorded, or uh, two only two top 20 companies that recorded flat volumes in 2018, which was Dogfish Headcraft Brewery and Harpoon Brewery. Okay. So, kind of makes us go back to what we read, uh, what, two episodes ago? Yeah, yeah, with, with the uh, comments and Dogfish Yeah, them combining forces. So and now I, so now they combine forces, and Dogfish Head now takes a 2.5% decrease because <laughs> they were down like 5%, right? Or whatever. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, they were. They were. See, what was, they, I guess they broke even in 2018. Well, the Dogfish Head did, but now if you combine them with. With, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I see what you're saying with yeah, so, uh, Boston beer. Yeah, of course. Now I can't find the darn. Uh, oh, there it is. Uh, oh, Boston beer was minus seven. So now they had flat plus minus seven means down three and down a half. Down three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's off to a great start. But hey, as uh, Boston beer was able to to sell or to to give uh, Sam Calgione what three hundred million dollars or thirty million dollars or something like that. Uh, many, many, many hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, yes. yeah, either way, it was a lot of money and good for him. Good for him. He, yeah. he got his. He got his. All right. Well, let's, let's continue on with some more numbers. We all love numbers. Four of the top 50 craft breweries, Rheingeist Brewery, Three Floyds, and Georgetown Brewing, and Two Roads Brewing, posted strong double-digit volume growth. Fast-rising Cincinnati craft brewery, Rheingeist, grew 16%. And crossed wow. a 100,000 barrel threshold, while Three Floyds up 25% and Georgetown up 37%. Each produced more than 80,000 barrels of beer. Wow, man! So this is good because I've been following Ryan guys from the very beginning when they started brewing beer, just you know drooling for their beer. Uh, I finally was able to get some through Tavor and some friends that, you know, shipped some, some to me. And when I was in, you know, in, uh, Cincinnati, I've got to drink some. Uh, I do enjoy Ryan guys. It's good to see them growing. And of course, Three Floyds. I enjoy everything I get from Three Floyds, which is not very much, but everyone I get is good. And Georgetown, man, I love Georgetown beer out of Seattle. They're out of Seattle. If you don't remember John and I talking about Georgetown all the time early in the show. Um, they make some great beer, and it's fantastic to hear that they're producing more than 80,000 barrels of beer and have a 37% increase. That's fantastic news. So they're obviously doing something right. Now, they just started canning their beers last year, I think. I think like a year ago. Who did? Georgetown. Oh. They only serve their beer in kegs or you bought them in, in, in growlers from the, the brewery. And so now that they're canning beer, obviously they're shipping this beer out. I'm buying it here. You know, I'm buying their Bodhi Zaffa uh, IPA all the time because that beer is so damn good. They're Lucille. By the way, that's coming to my house uh, in two weeks. Oh, good. You'll love it. I love that beer. It's so, so good. So, I mean, no, Georgetown's great. And I'm. it makes me excited that, you know, some of these breweries are right up there in that regional, you know, top 20, they said, right? Top 20 craft breweries is are mm-hmm. doing well. So you can do well. 
You just got to have the right marketing and, and the right you know, growth strategy for sure. In addition to New Belgium, three other companies in the top 50, Flying Dog was down 11%. Full Sail, oh my gosh, another one close to my heart, down 13%. And Bear Republic down 15%. Wow, they all reported these double-digit volume declines. I would care more about Flying Dog if they would have continued to distribute to me <laughs> after they left Colorado. <laughs> a really frustrating. But you guys suck. <laughs> I, I love their beer. I drank no, I so much Flying Dog beer, and then once they took it away... I couldn't buy any more, so I don't drink it, but I really did enjoy Flying Dog. So it's sad to see they're doing poorly. And Full Sail, I've, I've, I've already, I talk about Full Sail all the time. I love that, the beer. I love the brewery. Uh, it's been, um, part of my craft beer journey for, you know, over 20 years. Uh, I really, I really enjoy them. I don't want to see them fail. So I hope they can pick things up for sure. Now, looking outside the top 50, uh, in Massachusetts, they had the Treehouse Brewery. They were among the fastest growing larger craft brewery companies, increasing volume 130% to 44,000 barrels, up from 19,000 barrels in 2017. Wow, they over doubled their, their production in one year. That's pretty damn impressive. Mm-hmm. So then, also of note, Scottish-born craft beer maker BrewDog which has a U.S. division based in Columbus, Ohio, increased production 456% to over 36,000 barrels after producing just 6,500 barrels in 2017. So they really ramped up that that, uh, Columbus brewery really fast and went from 6,500 to over 36,000 barrels in one year. That's that's a pretty – that's an incredible, incredible – I mean, I'm thinking this is John, right? John's going to be bumping his brewery up real yeah, fast. next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's actually going to buy out BrewDog, <laughs> um, and he's just going to go ahead and take over their facility and their hotel right there in the Columbus yeah. area. Yeah, and we're not we're not going to be going to the BrewDog Hotel and flying BrewDog Airlines. We're going to be going to the Trek Hotel and flying Trek Airlines. That's right. Uh huh. That's right. So. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. And then several other companies inside the top hundred craft breweries record strong. Double-digit growth, including here's a little drum yeah. roll, boom, 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 Modern Times Brewing that that Chris is now part owner in. Thank you. Forty-one uh, percent increase. Wow, nice. Uh, Montauk Brewing up twenty-two percent. Uh, Creature Comforts up forty-six percent. Cata Catawba Catawba Brewing up ninety-four percent. Santa wow. Fe Brewing up forty percent. Pelican Brewing out of the coast of Oregon coast up thirty-nine percent. Night Shift Brewing, 62%, and, oh, hey, Belching Beaver, up 68%. Wow, I'm glad to see Belching Beaver doing well. I know they may have an offensive name for their beer, you know, as a brewing company, but, man, I do love their beer. They, I I mean, I really do enjoy their beer, and I buy quite a bit of it myself, so I'm glad they're doing doing well. But here's the funny part. You just mentioned that it's an offensive name. Mm Mm-hmm. It's only offensive to the people that have twisted enough minds to be <laughs> offensive themselves. That's true. That's a good point. Good point, yeah. Chris. All right. So the troubled San Diego-based Green Flash Brewing's efforts to retrench following a year of financial turmoil that culminated with a foreclosure sale fell short, however. The company, which had previously been ranked as one of the largest U.S. craft beer producers, fell outside the top 50 in 2019. Its volume fell 37% to 45,345 barrels, 
a decline of nearly 27,000 barrels in a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn. Wow. Uh, the Brewers Association also shared data for companies that fall outside of its craft brewer definition. Those companies combined to produce more than 8 million barrels of beer. Production of Anheuser-Busch production of Anheuser-Busch InBev's 11 craft brands combined grew 1% nice. as seven of the world's largest beer manufacturers craft brands are now above the $100,000 barrel threshold the Brewers Association reported. Yes. This is kind of yeah. this is kind of good news, right? We yeah. the fear was that Anheuser-Busch is buying these craft breweries and they want to try to trick people into thinking they're getting craft, but they're really supporting big beer, and that, that this is going to be a demise of of all of uh, of craft beer, all the smaller guys. And I think that it's it's not. It's one percent. They only took up grow one percent last year, so they're not stealing a lot of people away. But it makes me wonder: Do you think that this independent craft beer logo and and that campaign to that the Brewers Association has been doing to to, to try to promote uh, independent craft beer and look for the logo and buy independent so you don't get fooled into buying big beer. You think that's playing any part in, in this fact that this isn't growing? Or is it, the, you know, the, the, the real craft beer drinker is knows the difference and just buys the stuff, you know, the good stuff and doesn't support Anheuser Bush? I don't know. What do you think? I feel like it could be a few things. I feel like if you look at all the breweries, let's just say, for example, that AB InBev has picked up, um, I feel like that the craft beer drinker is pretty smart to kind of know the difference mm -hmm. and that it may still be growing. But again, there's so much new stuff out there on a daily basis Yeah, that even if it is growing and 1% of a very large number is still a very large number. That's true. That's right. True. Yeah. So 1% while it may sound small could be something ridiculous and that could be uh you know 1% growth of a million dollar business is that's true. Still a lot of money. Good point. Or a billion dollar business is still a lot of money. Yeah, good point. Good point. You know what, Chris? I think we've had enough of this article. What do you think? I agree with you. Let's, let's move on. Let's move on to the next article cuz I think we got way too many numbers, but let's get into an article that's going to talk about you know, one of the breweries that is having successes that the, that was pointed out in the last article. And this mm -hmm. article is uh, BrewDog USA sales up 114% in 2019. This is brought to you from brewbound.com by Chris Fernan, Fer, Fernari. Fernari. Yeah. Let's go with that. Yeah. So, Chris, why don't you go ahead and start <laughs> us off on this article? All right. So, BrewDog USA Chief Revenue Officer Adam Lambert. I thought he was a singer. I thought he was a singer, too. Wow, I, wow he's multi <laughs> He's in beer, too? Good for him. Uh, the, chief, the chief revenue officer, Adam Lambert, believes 2019 could be remembered as one of the most competitive years in the history of craft brewing. He says, in my honest opinion, 2019 has been the toughest environment I have seen in the 23 years of selling craft beer that wow. he wrote to the BrewDog USA wholesalers. Nevertheless... BrewDog USA is outpacing the overall craft segment, which is up 2%. Mm -hmm. uh, the growing depletion, which is from sales to retailers, and 114% through May compared to, compared to last year. Hmm. Wow. That, that's awesome. You yeah. do, that, do that in uh, in that short of a 
Yeah, in five months, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, so last month alone, the company sold 51,000 cases, according to Lambert. Nice. Now, part of part of me, I read that and I went fifty one thousand cases. That's that's a big number. That's a lot of beer. Yeah, but something doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't strike me as something noteworthy. In one month, fifty one thousand yeah. cases. Yeah, uh, twenty four cans of twelve ounce cans per case. Twelve ounces a piece. What are you gonna? I mean, st- do some quick math. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that would be like you know, that's fourteen. 14.6 million ounces of beer. <laughs> Divide that by 128. <laughs> 114,000 right. gallons divided by three yeah. or 33. No, 30. 33. 33. 34, basically 3,500 barrels of beer in one month. That's not bad in one month. All right. All right. I don't know. There's something about it. I'm reading this. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't seem like it's that much, but. I, I mean, so, it's a. It looks it looks nicer when you say fifty one thousand cases than thirty five hundred barrels. I mean, it doesn't have the same, you know, pizzazz. Okay, so they sold just over a thousand cases of beer a day. No, it was thirty. Oh, yeah, yeah. They uh, over mm-hmm. almost almost okay almost almost yeah yeah. So that I don't know fifteen hundred cases a day. I don't know. That's just pretty good. About, okay, I, 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 let's, okay, let's move on. I mean, we're getting we're getting stuck on this. Let's move on. All right, that kind of growth oftentimes coincides with a large scale distribution expansion. But Brewdog USA has only entered one new state, which is West Virginia, and Washington D.C. in 2019. According to Lambert, the company is selling more beer in its existing footprint. Now that is what is impressive, right? Their existing mm-hmm. footprint. I think we're going to talk about where they distribute here in a little bit, but it's not that big, right? They're not out there distributing to half of the nation. They're distributing to a small area. So that's still pretty good. It means a lot of local local people are drinking BrewDog instead of drinking other local beers. So I would assume that maybe some of these declines we're seeing in Michigan and, or I don't know, do we have any Michigan that we're declining? I can't remember now, but maybe some of these just, these, no, uh, Michigan was growing. That was yeah, they were growing, yeah. And Ryan guys was growing, so they were doing good. But but maybe some people are drinking Brewdog over other offerings. Maybe over Yingling. I don't, or 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 maybe Sam. Maybe uh, uh, Sierra Nevada. Maybe Sierra Nevada's Pale Ale and IPAs are are not being bought and punked and uh, Elvis. What is it? <laughs> Elvis. Uh, what's their damn Elvis beer? Uh, Punk Dog, Punk and Elvis. I can't remember. I know, the, I know they have a Punk IPA. Yeah, Punk but... IPA and Elvis Juice. Elvis Juice. Yeah, which is great, right? I mean, once you have an Elvis Juice, that's all you want to drink. That sucker is, like, really good. So, I don't know. I, they're stealing. I think they're probably stealing business away from some of the other breweries that were getting the business uh, in their local areas. I, I, don't, I don't know. I like it. Okay. In its home state of Ohio, which accounts for 56% of BrewDog's business. Okay, so over half of what they sell. So, so, uh, 25 and a, 20, uh, 25,500 cases in that month were sold to Ohio residents. <laughs> I mean, Ohio already has a lot of craft breweries in there and a lot of good craft breweries. So, BrewDog is like definitely 
you know, taken over a lot of uh, of space there. I mean, who knows? I don't know. I don't know if it could just. I mean, that could just be because of the hotel. Uh, you think they drink that? The people at the hotel. There's not even that many rooms in a hotel. There's like it's a big hotel, fifty though. rooms. I think really what I'm getting to is that I just want to contradict everything you say. Okay, John. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're uh, channeling your inner John in the yeah, inner yeah. conversation. Okay, well, we'll, we'll won't, we won't worry about that. So we just know that over half of what they produce is sold in Ohio. The company produced more than 36,000 barrels of beer in 2018, and the uh, sales growing at 90%. Meanwhile, in Indiana, Illinois, and Michigan, which combined account for 18% of BrewDog's business, sales are up 132%. So obviously, Indiana, Illinois, and Michigan residents are also enjoying some BrewDog in their area, and mm -hmm. their sales are just skyrocketing. But the fastest-growing region for BrewDog is the Mid-Atlantic, which accounted for nearly 25% of the company's business and grew 182% through the end of May. All right, so the Mid-Atlantic region is where people are really enjoying it. The company also recently signed distribution agreements with Maryland's Bond Distributing and Buck Distributing Company and will be launching in the state next week. All right, Tara and Jim, go get your brew dog. I know you'll enjoy some great IPAs they have to put out, uh, and you'll be able to get them. And also, we can't forget about Chad Lamasa. He's also a Maryland. Mm -hmm. Chad, so yeah. Enjoy your brew dog. I'm envious. I want brew dog to come to Boise soon because I love, 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 love their beer. Mm -hmm. All right. So, brew dog USA currently sells 60% of its beer through the off-premise retail channel. I want to know what that is, which is, <laughs> which is up 127%. The company's on-premise business, meanwhile, is also up 97% on the year. Again, I think that has to do with them just opening the hotel. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Lambert, a longtime industry veteran, joined BrewDog USA at the end of 2019. And the company founded in Scotland sold a 22% stake to TSG Consumer Partners for $265 million in 2017, which at the time valued the business at $1.2 billion. Wow, that's, uh, that's another ballast point. No, no, this is a real ballast point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when it really works. <laughs> That's the difference. <laughs> oh, man. It opened a 100,000 square foot facility, uh, a brewing facility in Columbus, Ohio in 2017 and generated approximately $18 million in revenue in 2018. Wow. $18 million. That overall, BrewDog produced $18 million. <laughs> In in last year, that's, I wonder if that's just from that facility in no, Columbus. No, I think this is overall. There's no way that one facility got 18 million. Yeah. They're only producing 30, 35, 36,000 barrels. Okay, so I think this is overall their of all the facilities they have. Yeah, but Denny, math. <laughs> hey, it's still impressive. I'm uh, uh no, it's it's awesome. Again, I'm I, I just like to I just like to give you shit about yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, but but hey, this is a bright spot, right? Obviously, yeah. Brewdog had a vision and they went out and they acted on it and it and they and they did some smart moves. Yeah, they had to take you know, they had to get some some you know, some money from a partner, but they used that money just to prop up and build that, you know, build the brewery in, in Columbus and, and do some, some other stuff with their little brew dog houses. Uh, and 
hey, it's working. You know, BrewDog is a, a, is really becoming a, a really good beer brand, inter, international beer brand. You know, I, I'd rather have a BrewDog than a Heineken for sure, right? I mean, mm-hmm. BrewDog is a, is a great international beer. Yeah. It was funny that you mentioned Heineken because there was a commercial on the radio that said, you know, best friends give their friends Heineken. <laughs> and I went, no, yeah. they don't. Yeah. Why would yeah. you do that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's not a not a smart move. No. That's fine. Okay, one last article, people. And uh, don't worry. There's no numbers in this article. This is, well, there's a few numbers, but there's not very many numbers. This is just a, a feel-good article, and it feels, it's a feel-good article from Idaho. Yeah, I'm going to give you some love, some Idaho love here uh, in the around the Boise area. And this article is, is uh, titled, Idaho has new largest local brewery. This California transplant sets the bar higher. And this is was posted in the Idaho Statesman uh, by Michael Deeds, which is an editor. Uh, and so it's a little editorial piece that he wrote up. And it says, when the beer centrifuge at Payette Brewing in Boise started acting up last month, production manager Matthew Watterson looked for repair help from a competitor. Now, how many businesses... How many how many industries out there do you know go over to the competitor and ask him for help? I know that my industry does not talk to our competitor to you know to get help because they'll end up stealing our secrets, right, or whatever. Yeah, I certainly don't. Yeah, <clears throat> and so um, this is this is what I think makes the craft beer industry so unique is that it's a it's all about community and helping one another and trying to better each you know better the overall craft community, and that's what. That's one of the reasons I love drinking craft and I love drinking local craft is because for the most part, everyone is out there helping everyone out. When they need help, they come to the call. And guess what? We're going to read more about some of these calls that that uh, that this brewery is making to help out other breweries in the area. So Watterson reached out to a California-based brewery that expanded to Nampa three years ago. Now, Nampa is just outside of Boise. Mother Earth Brewing Company. And you know what? I have talked about Mother Earth Brewing a ton on this show. And I, I told Chris this before we started, but I'm going to repeat it so that you, our listeners, can hear it too. When Mother, when it was first announced about five or six years ago that Mother Earth Brewing, a California-based brewery, was going to come and expand in Idaho, I was like, what? I don't want no California brewery coming into my local area and and making beer. I don't want them flooding their crappy beer into my and I was kind of joking around, but you know, flooding their beer into our local beer scene, which I thought was really good already. I mean, we had a lot of great breweries. You know, Payette was was up and going up up and going really well and, you know, Sockeye and and uh, you know, all these breweries were doing well. And I just thought, wow, why do we need to have a California brewery coming in here? And plus, I had never even had any Mother Earth beer before we this announcement was made. So everyone was kind of like foo-fooing the fact that this brewery is coming in. Now, fast forward a, a year and a half, the brewery's made, they start pumping beer into the local area, and I start drinking it. And now I'm like, wow, this beer is really good, and I really enjoy Mother Earth beer. And then the brewery gets into full swing, and they're pumping out even more beer into our area. And I'm drinking everything that comes in. And I'm like, wow, every beer I drink, all these different styles are all really good. Whether it's a, a cream ale, which is Cali Cream and Ale, is like one of my favorite summer beers that I drink cases and cases of every year. 
to their IPAs, which they have like four or five different IPAs they release throughout the year that all have unique and great flavors. And then they have Imperial Stouts. And I mean, they have all kinds of great beer. They have a peanut butter stout, the Syntax, fantastic beer. They, I mean, they have all their seasonal beers. Man, I've fallen in love with this brewery. So it went a complete 180 for me where why is another brewery from out of state coming invading our territory to now I welcome the fact that thank goodness they came in and brought some more great beer to my area. And that's just my take. I just want to give a little, you know, soapbox talk as I continue on with my article here because it's going to become clear that I'm not the only one that feels this way. And um, they've proven themselves that they are a good uh, neighbor. I was trying to think of another word, but they're, you know, they're, they're a good neighbor to have uh, in the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, as I mentioned, uh, Watterson reached out to California-based brewery that expanded Napa three years ago. Mother's Brewing Company, Watterson suspected that the head brewer, Chris Baker, and operations manager, Adam Kinney, might have insight. Uh, it took just a single phone call, Watterson says. They literally jumped in the truck after a long, long shift, came down and looked at our equipment and said, oh yeah, we'll see you tomorrow. They took time off of their work to get us back online. They went mm-hmm. and, and, and sacrificed doing work at their brewery to come in and try to, and fix their centrifuge so that Payette could get back to brewing so they can make money and make good beer. I mean, what other industry would send over their own people, experts over to help get a competitor back up online? I mean, most industries would just say, Oh, that's, that's, that's bonus for us. Let's just try to squash them so we can take over everything. Well, no. They didn't do that. They actually wanted uh, to help. Yeah, one of my favorite things about the beer community. Yeah, yeah. So it says, stories like these explain why, even the highly competitive Treasure Valley, you don't often hear grumbling about an out-of-state newcomer from San Diego County. It's also why Drink Local Die Hard shouldn't begrudge Mother Earth's latest crowning Idaho achievement. Now, Chris, what is this crowning Idaho achievement? Well, in 2018, Mother Earth brewed 10,125 barrels of beer in Nampa, according to the co-founder and CEO, Daniel Love. Based on newly compiled numbers from the Brewers Association, Mother Earth topped the two closest Idaho Idaho competitors, Payette Brewing, which produced about 8,200 barrels, and Sockeye Brewing, which cranked out about 9,900 barrels. Yeah. California transplant is now Idaho's <laughs> largest brewery. Tastes a little bitter? Eh, could be Mother Earth's commitment to quality hops and <laughs> lots of them. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you finding this hard to swallow? Weird. Mother Earth is leading a quality assurance charge to make all Idaho beer more palatable. Now that, that I don't know if that's quite the line that I'd be looking for. No, but, uh... no, no, no. So uh, I think, uh, I think what, okay. So there's a side story that is not mentioned here. And the fact okay. that uh, mother earth brewing has um, put a lot of money and effort into building a very nice quality assurance laboratory on. Premise, oh, okay. And they have invited local breweries to come and bring samples to their lab to get tested and, and so they make sure that they can have the highest quality beer also. So they're opening their doors, their laboratory, to other breweries in the area so that they can test and make sure their beer doesn't have any problems and they can get 
really, you know, even better beer out if they were, you know, that they could find out there's problems and, and fix it. Now, okay, that's, well, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that is awesome that they, that they're doing that, right? They offer that, that, you know, that service for people to come in. And that's another reason why these, these guys are, are fantastic. So I, I had to give up because he didn't mention that, that little, uh, thing in there. I had to just tell everyone that's what the deal is. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I changed my whole attitude about the rest of this article. <laughs> All right. So Mother Earth's 40-barrel automated Nampa brew house, which is larger and more efficient than its original Vista, California facility, is on pace to produce sixteen to 17,000 barrels in 2019, Love says. That would be nearly as much as Sakai and Payette combined. Hmm. Last year, Mother Earth produced about 40,000 total barrels between California and Idaho. Love doesn't expect that number to increase in 2019, but in January, Mother Earth began shifting more production to Nampa as part of a long-term plan. He said, we're just going to move numbers from one brewery to another. Yeah. So um, it looks like that this Nampa plant is going to you know, take on more and more of the, the capacity. I'm not sure what they're going to do at the California plant. I don't know what the plan is there. If they're, if they're slowing down production there so they can then go in and, and upgrade their systems. I'm not sure. I don't know why they're shifting their stuff over, but um, that's good for us. We're going to get, I mean, they built this huge facility and I think it's going to just keep climbing uh, as the years go by. So uh, good for them. I, I, I'm going to enjoy that myself. Okay. So Mother Earth distributes its beer in 18 states along with modest amounts of a half dozen or so foreign countries. Wow. Half dozen, you know, six foreign countries. That's pretty good. Um, but from the start, Idaho newcomer approached the Boise beer community enthusiastically. Uh, talk to area brewers and you'll hear anecdotes like payettes of Mother Earth offering friendly advice or selling sought-after hops and grains at cost or providing services of its brewery laboratory. Just, oh, there you go. So he did mention it about the fact that uh, he's allowing uh, um, brewers to come in and use their, their laboratory. But also the fact that, hey, if you can't, if a smaller brewery, now keep in mind, all of these breweries in Idaho are fairly small, you know, small breweries. And if a beer that they need to produce uh, doesn't have a malt or hop available, they're out of luck, right? They got to try to change up their, uh, their recipe to kind of make it work. And that's not good. You don't want to, if people expect a certain beer and all of a sudden now you got to change the hop and it doesn't taste the same, you're going to hear grumblings about that. But if Mother Earth, has an excess amount of the hop that that brewery needs, they have gone out and sold, not for profit, but at cost, the materials to the other breweries. Wow. I mean, I mean, this is pretty, this is, this is kind of business practices that I wish more companies, you know, actually uh, followed and mm -hmm. more people just follow, right? Just being kind and being, doing the right thing. I like that motto. Just do the, you know, do the right thing. And then from 2004, 2014 and 2016, Payette was Idaho's largest beer producer. Sockeye, which was founded in 1996, earned the title for the first time in 2017. Watterson enjoys a professional camaraderie with Sockeye Brewing Team and says he's enjoyed getting to know them on a more personal level, notably experienced head brewer Josh King. Uh, but Watterson also developed a closer relationship with Mother Earth in the past few months. He says, sharing information with Baker has been beneficial in a myriad of ways, he says, whether swapping resources or making a case for investments at Payette. He says, quote, it's been pretty cool. 
If you sit down and have a beer with Chris Baker, nine times out of ten, your conversation on, on a specific faucet of his technical brewing process or their packaging operation is going to drift towards quality control. And it says, Mother Earth does a good job. The quality of the beer speaks for itself. All right. Ohio. Uh, Ohio. Jeez. <laughs> That's, I'm glad we're getting towards the end there. Yeah. Um, Idaho produced an estimated 91,448 barrels of beer in 2018, a slight decrease from the estimated 97,818 barrels in 2017. Nationally, 7,346 craft breweries operated in 2018. Damn, that's a lot. Yeah. Uh, according to the Brewers Association, which is up from 6490 in 2017. Those breweries produced 25.9 million barrels of beer in 2018, growing from about 25.1 million in 2017. Whether Idaho generates more or less beer this year, one thing appears certain. Mother Earth will be the the gem state's biggest brewery for the foreseeable future. Yeah, yeah. Just no no denying they're they're going up, up and up. Um although I think that uh I mean I think Mother Earth there are you know, they already got a good start and they're they're starting to shift the production from their California brewery over. But Payette is in is in a, a good position to take them on. So it might be a head to head battle between Mother Earth and Payette in the, in the next, you know, two or three years because Payette, when they first when they opened this new brewing facility, um, they they built it to be able to handle the capacity of about a hundred thousand barrels a year uh, capability. So, um, you know, it's always possible they can definitely increase their production quite a bit because they're only putting out what nine thousand barrels or so. A year, so I, yep. they have a long way to go to hit hundred thousand. Yeah, but they're they're doing those nine thousand barrels very quality. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, of course, of course. All right. Well, there's three articles that talk about craft beer uh, production, uh, the growth, the successes, and the struggles, all in three articles. I thought it was a nice uh, a group of articles to talk about. Hopefully, we didn't bore you. But this is important stuff because as we read at the end, in one year, we gained a thousand breweries. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's like, you know, that, that's a, a huge gain, right? I mean, come on. Uh, it, it can't continue to grow. If it grows a thousand last year, what's going to be this year? Is it going to be 1500 or is it going to be less? I, who knows? But there's, uh, you know, there's got to be a little bit of a, a shift in where all this beer is going. Now, hopefully, uh, the beer is going out of the hands of Anheuser Busch, and you know people that are buying that is now buying some of this craft beer. That's the that's what we hope is happening, and and Anheuser Busch goes down. But um, if that's not the case, then guess what? Um, some of these declines we're seeing might be caused by some of these this growth and some of these breweries coming in and stealing beer away from other breweries because they're either making better beer uh, or better pricing or different styles that people really want to drink. So that's good stuff. All right, Chris. Um, I said it was going to be a short show. Uh, it's, you know, we, we never fail to entertain. It's going to be, it's over an hour, uh, probably close to an hour and a half. Uh, but before we get to two hours, let's go ahead and close this baby out and uh, give a couple toasts to anyone you want to give a toast to. Okay, so I'd love to raise my glass to my wife, Megan. Oh, uh, well, oh, oh, yeah. Well, she's, 
she gets a lot of toasts uh, that <laughs> for good reason. So we, we've been uh, doing a lot of work on our training facility here recently. Um, and despite all of the uh, overwhelming things that we have done, have to get done, uh, she's, she's kind of keeping us all on track just to chill out a little bit. It'll get done. Yeah. And not, uh, not to get, not get too worked up about it. So Megan, cheers to you, uh, for, for keeping us on track for all that. I'm going to uh, raise a glass to my wife, Sarah, uh, because, uh, she did a great job. Her and, and my daughter, Haley, who you heard on the last episode, uh, did a great job running around, uh, gathering all the supplies, the food, the cake, uh, decorations, uh, helping with costume, you know, the, the get-ups for the 80s party that we threw for my sh- buddy Sean and I. Um, cheers to you, honey. Uh, thank you for all the support and love, and uh, and I look forward to uh, sharing our time together in, in Ireland, uh, drinking some Irish beer and whiskey. So cheers to you. Uh, cheers to my buddy Sean, who uh, turned 50 last Saturday. And uh, cheers to to all us Americans who appreciate our independence and our freedoms, uh, cheers to you and all the military men and women out there who are protecting those freedoms on this Independence Day, July 4th. Cheers to you. And Chris, um, how about you go ahead and, and give a toast to our sponsors? I want to raise a glass to B Cups, the supplier of outdoor craft beer cups, for partnering up with us. And I encourage our listeners to go visit their site at B Cups. Dot net. That's B-C-U-P-S dot net. Or you can check out the other things that they have going on at fermentedreality.com. You can check out the world's first full line of style-specific plastic beer cups for people on the go. Whether you're hanging out on the beach, by the pool, hiking in the wilderness, or even enjoying some time on the boat, beer cups are great for any place you can't use standard glassware. You can also go visit our friends at Tavor and use promo code TAPTHECRAFT, which is all one word, and they'll give any new user a $10 credit after they spend $25. All right. You can find the beers and the links to the articles mentioned on the show in our show notes. They're located on the show post at openforumradio.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at Loose Screw. And Chris, how can our listeners follow you? You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore McKenzie 82. Or you can find me on untapped and Instagram at MCK one three four five and of course you can always find me on facebook.com slash tap the craft all right it is last call time to bring the show to a close we want to thank you for downloading and of course for listening making it all the way to the end and don't forget to hang on to the end for our bloopers roll (laughs) i think we might have one or two and we ask you to please tell a friend about our show and of course you don't want to miss an episode so subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, or Google Play, or however you listen to your podcast. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. All right, um, and then only t- uh, only two top twenty companies recorded flat volumes in two thousand eighteen: Dogfish Head and Harpoon. Okay, we forgot we forgot some other ones, but you forgot you forgot the one that said the top twenty notable that declined. 
I, let me start over. Okay. Are you good? Uh, I am good. Okay. I'm good too. I'm still, I still got half, I got, well, I've got half of a glass left. So I've, I'm a third of the way through this 22. I'm, I'm nursing it this time. I'm not going to yeah. overdo it. Yeah. I'm about there too. I had, had a rough, uh, fun, but rough day on <laughs> Saturday. Yeah. It went out Saturday and it was just, oof. I, I, wow. I, uh, I went big and then I went home. Oh yeah. You went, you went <laughs> big and you fell down and you got drug home. <laughs> uh, it was, let's just say this. So we were, uh, in a section of town called Ebor and it was, uh, it's I, I always kind of equate it to our version of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And every Friday and Saturday night, it is a party town. And we basically just sit in the uh, at the Brass Tap. It's either Brass Tap or World of Beers. And, and one of our favorite things to do is just kind of sit there and people watch. And for lack of a better term, we sit there, drink good beer and talk shit about people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey. Hey. And uh, and it's. Man, it's it's just a lot of fun. But I, I just remember by the time we got up and had to walk over to the parking garage. Now we had a designated driver, so okay. that was good. That helped. Um, and so by the time we started walking towards the garage, um, I was glad that there were lines on the road on the sidewalk <laughs> for me to follow. Let's just say that. Well, you know what? Sometimes you just gotta let yourself go. Yeah. So to, to remind you what not to do next time. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm never one to do that. Yeah. And, and like you said, occasionally you just need to uh, let it let it hang out. Yeah. And not get arrested for indecent exposure. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs>